0: EO Fire, 1164.
1: Stick to your guns, stick to your convictions, learn to say no so that you can selectively say yes.
0: Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you ready to create and present your very own webinar? Visit thewebinarcourse.com to sign up for our free 10-day course today. Create and present webinars that convert. TheWebinarCourse.com. Ignite. Save time billing and get paid faster with FreshBooks. the ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Try it free for 30 days at FreshBooks.com slash fire. If you're selling online, use ShipStation.com, the number one choice of online sellers. For a special offer, visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone, and enter promo code FIRE. Light that spark, Fire Nation. Johnny Doom is here, and I am fired up. To bring you our featured guest today, Brian Clark. Brian, are you prepared to ignite
1: you're damn right I am.
0: Yes. <laughs> Brian is a serial entrepreneur based in Boulder, Colorado. He's the founder and CEO of Rainmaker Digital, the company behind Copyblogger, Studio Press, Rainmaker FM, and the Rainmaker Platform. Brian, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse in your personal life. Wow, I'm not sure we want
1: to go there, but <laughs> uh you know, most people know me as the guy who started uh, copyblogger. Uh which we found out was about this thing called content marketing, something I'd been doing since 98. Thanks, Joe. But didn't, yeah, exactly. Thanks, Joe, for twisting my arm and adopting that terminology. <laughs> but, you know, it's a $44 billion industry now, so he may have been onto something.
0: Absolutely. And Joe Polizzi was actually just on the show last week. So Fire Nation, if you missed it, go check out Joe Polizzi's most recent episode where we really crushed content marketing. And Brian, why Boulder? Let's hear some personal stuff.
1: Yeah, so I spent about 40 years of my life in Texas after being born in California. And, you know, I I lived in Austin, which I enjoyed. Um, That's a town that's really grown and changed. And then after the dot-com crash, things got really shaky in Austin for a while. So we had to move temporarily (laughs) to Dallas, which I'm not the biggest fan of. So two kids and 10 years later, I'm like, why are we in Dallas? And, uh, well, we were spending summers in Colorado because of the heat, and it just, the older I get, the, <laughs> the less I can tolerate <laughs> the heat. So, uh, you know, finally we just said, well, we love Colorado, so why don't we live here? And that was really the decision.
0: Yeah, and you were really tired of not paying state taxes, too. Well, you know, it's funny,
1: because people, you got to do the math, because if you don't own property in Texas, it's a great deal. But if you own a house, the property taxes will almost equal- Wow. The, uh, the state income tax. Wow. So I really kind of broke even on yeah, it. Yeah, interesting. And except got a great big mountain range, which they don't <laughs> have in Texas.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that's why I'm a renter, Fire Nation. And <laughs> Ryan, there's a lot of stuff we're going to get into today. But first and foremost, Fire Nation, my audience, my listeners are made up of entrepreneurs, small business owners, people who are about to take the leap, who have just taken the leap. And we're looking to build viable businesses from the ground up. How do you currently generate revenue with your business?
1: So the easiest way to describe us is uh, we're in the tools and training business for online publishers and marketers. So that means software. Um, The Rainmaker platform is our SaaS service that uh, basically gives you all the tools you need to build the the right kind of website and and do the right kind of marketing automation and all of that kind of good stuff. That's our newest and fastest growing thing. We're also in WordPress hosting for the do it yourselfers out there. Obviously studio press is the Genesis design framework for WordPress and a whole bunch of pretty designs and themes that you can add to that. And then we've got training programs like uh, authority and uh, our newest thing is called digital commerce Institute, which is all about Really what we do to make twelve million bucks a year, which is sell digital products and services.
0: Wow. And one thing that I've saw you do fairly recently was jump in a big way into the podcasting world. Can you talk about that a little bit? It's all you,
1: man. It's all you. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean DC. I, I cannot keep up with you. I won't even try, but you know, I really enjoy podcasting. And here's an interesting story that I like to tell as a cautionary tale of not playing to your strengths or uh, conversely i guess playing to your strengths but in 2005 remember the old days <laughs> of when podcasting really first started before i started copyblogger now get you know i'm a writer more than i'm anything else but i actually considered starting a podcast in 2005 instead of copyblogger now how bad wow. would that have gone horribly i mean 10 years later i would have made it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I will say that the evolution of podcasting is definitely different from that of a blog and just websites in general. So you took the right route, my friends. And hey, you know, with podcasting, better late than never, and you're on board, you are crushing it on a lot of different levels. And I'm seeing some really cool things. And And I'm taking notes, too. So um, really good stuff. Definitely check out what he has going on, Fire Nation. And Brian... I want to talk first and foremost about a moment in your journey. Now, you've had your ups, you've had your downs, you've had your dallas's, and you've had your boulders. (laughs) Share with Fire Nation what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. And Brian, really take us there. Take us to that moment in time and tell us that story.
1: And that's a tough one because if you've been doing this for 17 years, you you rack up some bad moments, oh, yeah. I, I would imagine. Even though I would say overall, it's been good. Um, I've started nine businesses. Eight of them have succeeded. So that's not too bad. But surprisingly, the one failure, which was the first one, is not my worst moment because I learned more from that, I became an entrepreneur because of that. So I can't call that the worst moment. I think the worst moment for me was in 2005. I was running two virtual real estate brokerages. I mean, it's an old world kind of business, but it was completely innovative. It was just websites. There was no brick and mortar. And this was my, you know, First, true real entrepreneurial success where I'm leveraging the talents of others and and trying to manage people and and had really innovative marketing and all this good stuff. But I was a terrible manager. You know, have you ever read the book, The E Myth by Michael Gerber? You know, working in your business as a technician instead of on your business. That was me. And I, I couldn't delegate. I didn't understand why people didn't see what I saw that was so obvious. They were always kind of getting hung up on things. You know, it's just that it's such a common story. It's almost ridiculous. But I have i don't know anyone who hasn't gone through this phase where you succeed yourself to death. And I was really, <laughs> really unhappy and ended up getting out of those businesses, tried to sell to my partners. It fell through. I really went into Copyblogger pretty much broke because of that. But. Uh, I I was just so fed up. And I also had a, a near-death experience from a snowboarding accident. And so after that, I actually had brain surgery. And when I woke up, I was fine. Everything's good. But it's like my mind changed. It was I'm never doing anything that makes me unhappy again. And I'm never doing anything that where I'm not playing to my strengths. And I'm never doing anything just for money. So if I go in a different direction here... And I end up making less money, but I can, you know, support my family and get by and be happy, then that's good enough. But you know what happened? My worst moment led to exponentially greater success. So my advice for people is, you know, if it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. Because the thing, the direction you may need to go in may be the thing that really just launches your success to a whole new level.
0: It's kind of weird to say, but it is sad for some people that they're not going to have some kind of life changing, you know, near death experience moment. Because for so many people, Brian, that's what it takes for them to wake up. It does for me. I
1: I had such a hard head that I had to slam it into the side of a mountain, I guess. (laughs) literally, (laughs) But it worked. Yeah, I I try. And that's a big thing about, you know, the the podcast you mentioned that I'm doing now is called Unemployable. And it's, you know, for similar people to, to your audience in that. You know, this is the greatest thing in the world, even though it's hard. I mean, it's not always glamorous. And we, you know, we we work 80 hours a week not to work 40 hours for someone else, <laughs> you know, whatever the case <laughs> right. may be. But I'm in love with, with the entrepreneurial lifestyle. You know, it's what gets you out of bed in the morning. And, uh, yeah, I, that's why I try to share these experiences with people because I, I don't want you to have to get knocked upside the head right. in order to see the truth.
0: And that's why I love starting EO Fire with my guest's worst entrepreneurial moment, because sometimes that is the backslap that my listeners need. And so they don't have to experience it themselves. They can experience it through this interview and say, hey, I don't want to be 80 years old looking back on my life and saying, why didn't I do anything that I enjoyed that I was passionate about, that I was excited about, that I woke up saying, this is going to be a good day. Like, why? So Love that for all those reasons, Brian, and you really got into the E-Myth Revisited, and I think that's a book, Fire Nation, if you haven't read it for a while, go back, pull that off the shelf, dust it off, and give it a look-see, you know? It's so important to realize that just it's because- relevant. It's relevant, yeah. It is still relevant today. Just because you love baking bread, don't run off and go make a bakery. That is a totally different lifestyle than actually baking bread. I mean, and this is the type of things you need to realize and identify who are you in your business. And adjust accordingly. So, Brian, let's do a little bit of a shift here because you are a storyteller extraordinaire and you've just given us a gem. And now I'm looking for an aha moment, an epiphany, a light bulb that went off at some point in your journey. Now, you've had a ton of these moments, but just like the unemployable audience, you know, Fire Nation, you know us. Like we are looking for a story of one of these moments that you've had that you really just took and ran with that we can relate to. So take us to a moment of one of these aha moments that you had and tell us that story.
1: Yeah. And, and this is what I call the virtue of cluelessness Mm. Um, because again, 17 years later, people will look at, at what we've accomplished and where we're at. And they won't realize where I started was probably worse off than everyone listening right now, as far as, understanding anything about business or starting companies or anything like that. So let me take you back to 98. So I graduated law school in 94. I knew in the third year of law school that I didn't want to do it. And yet, of course, I've got student loans. I put myself through law school. So I got a great job, big law firm private office, assistant, you know, the whole life, hated it, hated it. (laughs) But, you know, I had bills to pay. So, but four years, 94 to 98. Coincidentally, 94 was the year that the commercial web really broke out with, you know, the browser becoming, uh, making it easier for normal, non-technical people (laughs) to experience the internet. So, Every night after an unhappy day of long hours at work, you know, I'm just staring at this, uh, you know, boxy old compact (laughs) computer screen um, and just saying there's this is amazing. You can reach people all over the world. And it's a very different time, obviously. Even in 98, uh, there was a lot of dot com mania, but there weren't blogs that told you how to do everything. And there weren't courses and podcasts and conferences like, you know, there's almost too much now but compared to then there was nothing. So there were people that were trying various things and you just kind of had to observe. And, and sometimes you made friends with people and you shared tips and stuff like that. But I had never taken a business class, never read a marketing book, but I was so fed up that in 98, I quit to write on the internet. Now I'll try to explain that one to your mom. You know, <laughs> I mean, even today, that sounds crazy. Uh, but that's what I was doing. I mean, people like Chris Perillo and others were publishing e-zines, basically content by email. This was before blogs caught on. And I was like, I can do that. you know. And every ex-attorney or actually current attorney thinks that they're going to write the next great American novel. <laughs> I mean, we all think we can write. Um, and I had, a, I had some talent for it and got out there, quit my job, just figured it was one of those moments where like if I have to end up bartending in Austin – then so be it. I'm not going to be miserable, right? I've had a lot of those moments you might have noticed. Right. Um, so I got out there and I, I created easings and people signed up for them and I built audiences. You know, all this stuff we tell marketers they have to do now, I just wanted to do. And I, you know, I, I'm very transparent about the fact that my own aptitude, my own personality led me to do what we now call content marketing But, you know, so I built audiences and all this stuff and made no money. I think I made $4.32 from some Amazon ads in the year, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, because I didn't know what I was doing. And my aha moment, Mr. Seth Godin, Permission Marketing in 1999, a book I still recommend people read. Talk about, you know. Still relevant. People talk about internet time, but all the fundamentals are right there in that book. And it's very, you know, simple and email is still the thing. I know you're really working hard on on building up the email presence in your company. And of course, that's smart, right? So, but really what Seth said, and Seth offline was a brilliant and hard-nosed direct marketing guy, right? I mean, and that doesn't jive as well with his Buddha on the mountaintop, you know, personality that he has now. (laughs) You know, he's a very, very sharp guy. But what he got was that the internet is a direct marketing medium, but not like junk mail in like you don't buy a list of addresses based on demographics or whatever the case may be and then spew out a bunch of stuff and hope it's profitable. Online was different in that you needed permission. You needed someone to say, yes, I'm raising my hand. I want you to contact me. And of course, that makes all the difference in the world between unsolicited or interruption marketing, as he talked about, and someone who expects to hear from you. And the real aha moment for me was, yes, you need something to sell other than advertising. And of course, in my mind, I was like, well, content makes money from advertising. And 17 years later, we see what a mess the world of online advertising is Uh, The banner ad was one of the worst ideas ever, Ever. Um, but you know, there's an upside podcast sponsorships are doing well. Why? Because there's an analogous thing that's always worked called direct response radio advertising, right? So (laughs) (laughs) it's funny how what's old is new, but I benefited by not understanding marketing at all. And therefore I had nothing to unlearn. So the first marketing book I ever read was permission marketing which is odd considering that many people kind of look to me to learn this stuff. But at that point, I then went back. I said, oh, okay, so this is a form of direct marketing. So I went back and studied copywriting, direct marketing, advertising, dating back to the 1920s, except I understood the new context of the Internet. And there are a lot more talented people that were really good in those fields offline who struggled Coming to the internet because they could not shake the way it had been done. And that's what I call the virtue of cluelessness. I had nothing to unlearn.
0: The phrase that you said that I really want to circle back on and make sure that Fire Nation, you absorb what we tell people they have to do now, I wanted to do. And so what I loved about that, Brian, is that you wanted to be doing this stuff. You had passion, excitement, you were into it. And Fire Nation, like check your pulse. Like are you doing stuff that you want to do or are you doing stuff because you're being told you have to do it? And if it's the latter, not good. Like you really want to be in that prior camp. You want to want to be doing that thing.
1: And that was the moment where I realized, you know, I thought I wanted to be a writer and then eventually I realized that I was an entrepreneur who could write. And that turned out to be a blessing again in this whole new world Of media over marketing or, you know, content and value before the sale. So yeah, I I am very, like I said, I admit wholeheartedly that I got lucky based on my own temperament. Um, But to a certain degree, I agree exactly with what you say. And yet, for example, um, you do this incredible podcast, you are a content creator, and you started it just by being the consummate host. And now people, including me, look to you as an authority. And you did it by showing up day after day after day, literally day after day. I'm, I'm still amazed at you. <laughs> 1,164
0: days, including today. <laughs> but what a
1: great example is that? You know, You know, the people out there saying, well, I'm not an expert and nobody knows me and this and that. Now, guess what? When I started Copyblogger, I had not one relationship in the industry. No one knew me. It was just as deadly silent those first three months like it is for everyone. Yeah, Gotta show
0: up. Crazy. Brian, what is your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur?
1: Historically, it's been delegation, and that goes back to my lowest moment, you know, back 2002 to 2005. Yeah. And then, so I, I shifted to a model where I only did what I was good at. Instead of trying to wear all the hats and do everything, You know, I do strategy, I create content, I do marketing, right? Those are the things I'm really good at. And that has evolved as I became a CEO. But it's still then once we had an organization that's now 60 people and I've got a team of incredible, you know, content and marketing people that literally are like an extension of myself to where I don't have to do everything so hands on. And yet... Even though I narrowed what I did, I had trouble letting go of that aspect. I mean, all of our product websites, right? All the copy was written by me and still is. Is that a smart thing for a CEO to do? I don't know, you know, but I always do it because it helps me feel closer to the product, to the offer, to the audience, to our customer base, Um, but slowly over the last couple of years, I let go more and more and more. And it is a weakness because that feeling that you need control and to be hands-on, I'm not really a micromanager even. I'm just, look, get out of the way. I'll do it. You know, and that you can't, you have to let go of that to be an effective leader. And it's been my top priority. I'm getting better. It's like a 12 step program.
0: Well, the reality is, Brian, you can do it better that time, but it's a 100 times after that if we had just taken the time to train, if we wanted to train, and then step back and say, okay, now you're off to the races. Now I'm not you know, going to have to be there every single time. I can leverage my time. I can scale other parts of my business. And speaking of that, what is the one thing that has you most fired up about your business today?
1: Here's the quick story of how Rainmaker Digital came to be. Um, between 2007 and 2010, I'd launched, I guess, four companies, four startups off of Copy Blogger, and each one of them was with another, with an individual partner. So that was part of my plan to, I'm good at this. I do audience marketing strategy content and you do code because number one, I can't code <laughs> <laughs> or you do design or you help me with, you know, build this training course or whatever the case may be. And, By the time we got to 2010, we wanted to do something bigger, except all my partners had no economic incentive to speak to one another. I was the hub in the middle of these satellite companies, but there was no interconnection. So we merged five companies together to form uh, what was originally Copyblogger Media and and has now since been rebranded to Rainmaker Digital. And the reason we did that was to build something bigger, and that was what is now known as the Rainmaker platform. And that I'm completely excited about that. So we soft launched a pilot program in April of 2014. The official launch happened in September of 2014, and we were able to go from version 1.0 to 2.0 based on the feedback of our pilot group, which was pretty amazing. So it's about a year into it. It's it's not only our fastest growing product currently, it's our fastest growing ever, Right. And I feel really good about that. Can you imagine merging companies together, going on a mission, you know, accumulating uh, 60 employees when you swore you'd never have any again, (laughs) and then crashing and burning? (laughs) That would suck. (laughs) So I guess just I'm excited that it's working.
0: (laughs) I'd have you back on EO Fire to talk about a new worst moment, I think, if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Fire Nation, as you can tell, Brian is not going to stop dropping value bombs. So the lightning round is coming. But first, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. When you're selling online, customer service is everything. If you're not able to get your orders put together and out the door on time, then the cost of that for your business is incredibly high. Maybe you sell on eBay, Amazon, Shopify, Etsy, or all of the above. Throw in multiple order points and you really need to be on your toes about keeping your customers happy. What if you had a platform that not only brought all your orders from the popular selling channels together in one place, but also gave you a fast and easy way to manage and ship all those orders? ShipStation, Dot .com makes it super easy to do all this from any device even your cell phone. Right now you can try shipstation.com for free for 30 days and get an additional month free with promo code FIRE. Don't wait. Go to shipstation.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone and at the top of the homepage type in FIRE. That's shipstation.com promo code FIRE. Time For most entrepreneurs or small business owners, it's the very thing that always seems to be in short supply. Tons to do and never enough time to get it all done. The good news is our friends over at FreshBooks feel your pain and have created something to help you reclaim some of your precious time. FreshBooks is the super simple invoicing solution that lets you create and send slick professional looking invoices in seconds. And invoicing is only the beginning. FreshBooks will also make managing your expenses, staying on top of who owes you what, and tracking your time the easiest part of your day. If your business keeps you constantly on the move, not to worry. Their mobile app can keep up. Send invoices from your phone and use a camera to capture your receipts. Stop wasting your time. Join over five million who are already using FreshBooks to make billing painless. Try FreshBooks for free for thirty days. Visit FreshBooks.com/slash/fire. Brian, are you prepared for the lightning rounds?
1: I'm as ready as I'm going to be, I guess.
0: <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Honestly, I had no... The the word did not even exist in my vocabulary when I was trying to get out of practicing law. And it's weird because, you know, I, I translated myself and I want to be a writer, but I don't want to go to New York publishing. I don't want to go to Hollywood screenwriting. This internet thing allows me to do it without asking for permission. And... I think, again, that comes back to that unemployable thing. I had this fierce independent streak, and that is really uh, what sent me on a journey that I didn't really even know where I was going. I mean, does that sound odd? Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, when I realized I was an entrepreneur who could write as opposed to most writers, that was an epiphany to me, and it was really the beginning of this you know, serial adventure that I've been on.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Stick to your guns, stick to your convictions, learn to say no so that you can selectively say yes. It's one of the hardest things in the world. But, you know, as someone who had several, uh, you know, obviously I launched a new startup every year between 2007 and 2010 with a partner. Often those partners came to me and pitched me. What people don't realize is I said no 98 other times for the three times I said yes.
0: What's a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: Relentless thinking. I, uh, I, I and I do give this advice to people all the time because I think the stereotype or the image of the entrepreneur is you wake up in the morning. And it's go, 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 go. Meeting, phone call, this, that, the other. And by the time you get to the end of the day, it's a blur. (laughs) You're not even sure what you got done. And that's a problem. And that's why people work their asses off and don't achieve anything. Because there's only so many things that are really, truly important. And the rest of the stuff will just eat your day. So I set at the beginning of each day what has to get done. And this is a the big thing. This is the thing that pushes everything forward. Do that first. And then, you know, t- t- trust me, the rest of the day will take care of itself.
0: <laughs> Share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation.
1: Man, it is Evernote. I I am not a big gadget or shiny, you know, I don't go chase the newest thing and try this and try that because I find that by the time I figured out how to use it, I've just eaten up all the productivity gains I was going to get from it. Um, and it took me a while to uh, adopt Evernote. But now that I've figured out how to make it work for me as, you know, uh, everything from uh, to do, to archiving uh, interesting information, categorizing things pursuant to, okay, this is a podcast topic. This is uh, something from my newsletter further. This is, uh, this is interesting. I need to share this with the team at Rainmaker Digital. I don't know how I'd make it without it now. So I'm sorry I couldn't come up with something that wasn't <laughs> your own example, but that is my go-to tool.
0: So, Brian, we've talked about permission marketing and e-myth, but if you could just recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why?
1: It usually is permission marketing um, just because it is so foundationally important. Uh, I'm a voracious reader, though, so then it becomes very difficult to then say, okay, what's the next most important book? I think if you don't want to take permission marketing as my answer, I would just say, Um, become a reader to the extent that you can possibly fit it in. And I know not everyone likes to read. And I think that's why a lot of people are, are into audio content. Hey, audio books work too, but the more ideas you fit in your head and I'm not just talking about reading business books or books about entrepreneurism or whatever, Read, you know, read a book about beekeeping. I mean, I, that, that may be an extreme example, <laughs> but all your best ideas will come at the intersection of something that seems completely unrelated and and then what you do day to day, your expertise, right? So Henry Ford visited a meatpacking uh, plant in Chicago and came up with the idea for the assembly line for cars, which was amazingly innovative but not to the meatpacking guys. They've been doing it for years, right? So see how that unrela- is seemingly has nothing to do with what you're doing. You know, so I'm a big advocate. Take time out, watch movies, read trashy novels. I don't care what it is, but you will get your best ideas from when you think you're screwing off.
0: Well, Fire Nation, Brian's right. I know that you love audio, so I did team up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. Brian, this is the last question, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: I would basically do what I did in January of 2006. Build a site um, out of a domain that was aimed to educate a certain type of person with a certain type of knowledge or benefits of knowledge, if you will. Um, I'd start writing. Um, I'd make sure I I created a process by which it became, you know, everything I've learned about building an audience, which generally means building an email list, I would put that into practice on the site, and then $500 isn't a ton of money, For advertising. Uh, So I might just have to do the hustle like I did back then, which is, you know, reach out to people who don't know you and just keep plugging after it. Uh, I don't think it would be much different. But the only thing that might hold me back is the fact that John Lee Dumas put me on this (laughs) weird parallel planet Earth and I lost everything and had to start over. Thanks, dude.
0: No problem. And hey, nothing wrong with doing the hustle, Fire Nation. So Brian, good stuff. And hey, Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with BC and JLD today. So make sure you keep up the heat. And Brian, let's end on fire. So share a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Yeah, I, I got to tell you. So, you know, I, I, I've gone through a, a long journey myself and, and part of it was uh, just desperately hating my job. And I know a lot of you may feel that way. Um, it's probably smarter to, to start something on the side than to just quit. If you're like me and you love pressure, <laughs> then, you know, who am I to tell you no? Um, and I remember when I went from uh, that first kind of freelance solo law practice, which was my first success, to my first business that had nothing to do with law, which was real estate. And I chose it because it was lucrative, because what I knew about online marketing made it like fish shooting fish in a barrel. And I had something to prove. I had to prove that I could start a business that was completely different than what I had been trained in, where I came from, right? It, it's one of those personal quest things. And sometimes we have to do that as people and as entrepreneurs. But if I could have done it over, I would have stuck to my guns and followed more of my passion at that point because I had no passion for real estate. You know, if you're doing something just for money or because you want to prove something to your dad or whatever the case may be, you're being externally driven instead of internally driven. And I'm telling you, the thing that lasts is intrinsic or internal motivation. The stuff you do, the stuff you get up in the morning to do just to do it. If you can get that way as an entrepreneur, and most later stage entrepreneurs are this way, it's its never about the money anymore. The money is just a way to keep score. So that's my best advice. Do it from the heart. Um, I'm not saying that... Every little uh, hobby or passion you have is going to turn into a lucrative business. But if you work at it, you'll find the intersection between what excites you and what
0: pays the bills. And what's the best way to connect with you?
1: Well, uh, we do have this new podcast. You can go over <laughs> to unemployable.com and uh, sign up over there or you can find it on iTunes. But if you're, if you're really just kind of getting started and you know maybe you listen to uh, the show with Joe Paluzzi about content marketing uh, in addition to to his site you can go to copyblogger we've got an entire library of free ebooks that you can register for and get started you know the the foundational learning if you are a listener and i suspect you are you can head over to our podcast network which is called rainmaker.fm so I, that's a good place to get started that those are our you know, three informational sources where it doesn't matter if you ever buy anything. All of it's there for your taking.
0: Now, unemployable.com, how long ago did you buy that domain?
1: I bought it in the spring. So I came up with the idea what? of the show in uh, in last December when we came up with, we were planning out the podcast network and all I could get was unemployable.fm, which I figured that's fine. Uh, but then I saw someone was sitting on unemployable.com So, you know, I sent out the feeler pretending like I was completely clueless and got it for uh, less than you might think. Um, (laughs) I think because... You know, I'm using the term ironically. <laughs> right. And the person who owned it was probably holding it literally. <laughs> Wouldn't be as, uh, you know, a profitable site as <laughs> perhaps it might be with me.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Love it. Well, Fire Nation, head over to eofire.com, type Brian in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today, with links to all this stuff. You definitely want to check out his podcast at unemployable.com. Give it a listen. And Brian, thank you, brother, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
0: Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on EO Fire. Visit EOfire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. The Fire Nation newsletter is the bomb. And to get on it, all you need to do is text EOFIRE to 33444. That's EOFIRE, all one word, no spaces, to 33444. And you'll get insights from my head to your inbox weekly. Today is your day, Fire Nation. Ignite